At the beginning of the year, we set the goal to review every single Terminator film, and we're almost there, people, because today we'll be talking about Terminator Genesis. But going back to 1984, not in this timeline, but the original movie, we all agreed that graphically, visually, it could definitely stand to look a little bit better. It didn't age as gracefully as some of the other films, but as a film, it was solid. Terminator 2, need we say more other than one of the best films of all time. When it comes to Rise of the Machines, which came out in 2003, it was a perfectly acceptable action film, but but the threshold of positivity was definitely going down. With Salvation in 09, with Christian Bell, uh, not not the greatest. And now with Terminator Genesis in 2015 with a fresh, not just like a new cast, we're talking about a new productions crew from a production standpoint, writing standpoint, directors. We're going to be talking about this movie right now on another exciting episode of A Cast of the Past with a brand new episode available each and every Sunday with yours truly, Juan Velas from Puerto Rico. Joining me from Boston, Massachusetts, we have Ryan McNulty. Now, Ryan, knowing that we watched Salvation and the roller coaster ride was going was, was just going to go down and down and down. After watching Genesis, is it still going down or is it like, hey, we're going up again? Um, I think this is like a, just a big question mark. I think there's going to be a lot of huh, what in this episode because I, I will say this. This movie was a complete mess, but I would say I was probably more entertained watching this movie than I was watching Salvation. So is this movie like, does it make any sense? We're going to try and figure that out today, but is it at least entertaining? Keep your attention better than a movie like Terminator Salvation? Yeah, I'll give it credit for that. That's actually a really excellent point. And uh, from London, Ontario, we have Keith Hamilton. Now, Keith, in your case, Ryan made a really excellent point to uh, kick off the podcast, which is that we're not talking about it being a good or a bad movie. I think it's a movie that definitely gets people talking. Would you agree with that statement? I would. It's it's weird because, yeah, it's not a good movie, but it's not a bad movie. It's just kind of there it's created this weird um this weird little corner for itself that i'm sure we're going to get into a ton in this episode but it's it's almost like a movie that lives in limbo where you can't really sing its praises but you can't hate it all that much it's a fascinating piece of film i think it's the first movie we have ever reviewed that i was so split because I think that there are some elements that are legitimately like freaking good, really, really good about the movie. But the things that lead to that and the justification for it, I'm like, man, I, I can't let it go. Like I tried to mm -hmm. let go of some things here. More than like any other movie that we've covered on this podcast, when I was watching it, I was going like, yeah, okay, okay, I can get behind that. And then five minutes later, I would go, okay, no. yeah, no, that's not happening. Like that probably happened a good 30 times during the duration of this film. So just in case people, if you have not, we strongly recommend you check out the archive because all of the previous four Terminator movies, that's all available both at youtube.com slash acastofthepast or acastofthepast.podbean.com. You can also find the podcast on Spotify, all those sexy apps. And if you like what we do, you can leave that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all that good stuff, and carry the conversation over to acastofthepast.com slash discord where... I think it's going to be very interesting, especially once we watch uh, Dark Fate, which came out in 2019, to just close off the year and, and sort of have a, have a conversation about that. But going back to this movie, what was your take on this? You know, we're all watching these in hindsight because none of us had watched Genesis before we watched it for this episode, right? Correct. My entire extent of knowledge about this was that one time that Triple H came out as a Terminator at WrestleMania. Wow. <laughs> it was around that time, I right? I about that. That was yeah, kind of like that a was pre promo or pre-promo for the movie because Triple H and Arnold are such good friends. So I think that's why I'm looking forward to this review. Even watching this movie, I'm like, man, I don't know why, but I, I was just super excited because... It's like the other movies, we had either watched them or heard about them. With Salvation, we were kind of like in the middle. But everything from this point forward, 
fresh eyes. Uh, I even made sure that even though like for the previous episode, I knew that this movie was kind of crapped on review wise. I made sure to not really read specific reviews. So to be like, okay, blank slate, no expectations. So having said that, starting it off with uh, Mr. McNulty, we're going to get to like the the plot and all that stuff, but I would love like a, a general first impression and then we'll get to that. So what you think? So yeah, my first impression kind of echoes how I open the podcast in that like I said I, I was more entertained in comparison to a movie like Salvation I too was going in the same way as you these last two Terminator movies I have not seen I just heard that there was kind of a negative reception particularly around this movie and that it was also you know when I talked about the whole timeline not to get too into it but that I knew that it didn't really acknowledge some of the other movies or was kind of like a reboot essentially um but anyway like i said it was it entertaining uh i think so to a degree but also it was kind of confusing it's really messy and half the time you know i give them credit for trying to like surprise you along the way because there certainly were surprises uh throughout this (laughs) movie but you're kind of just scratching your head the whole time and I'll put it this way. I've I read an article trying to make sense of how Terminator Genesis fits into the timeline. I read the, the entire article and I still have no idea what the hell's going on. So um, I'm, I'm kind of confused. And yeah, I think it just leaves you with kind of scratching your head, asking more questions than it really gives you answers. And it's just kind of like, yeah, it's not very satisfying in that right. It's true. There's a lot of things in this movie that they start the plot threads to, but it never gets a payoff. It's in a lot of ways, it's worse than salvation like that. And overall, I think this movie is pretty good in the Terminators that we've watched so far. By no means does it compare to the best of them, but I also wouldn't say it's the worst of them. It lives somewhere in the middle there, just because it does have qualities that I think puts it a little bit above three, in my opinion, but like light years above Salvation. Yeah. Because, man, that movie is a piece <laughs> of crap. Okay, but- each one, it's like you can kind of give credit, right? So mm-hmm. first, we're not going to touch the first two because we know those are legitimately good movies. Yeah. Hey, guys, if you're going to go watch a Terminator movie, watch one and two, watch our episodes and on it, it, come back yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So you look at Rise of the Machines and you're like, okay, it's probably the most solid of the post-Terminator 2 movies, but it is also just Terminator 2, but worse. And then you can look at Salvation and be like, okay, well, at least they didn't get into all the timey-wimey BS and they were like, they didn't make... While is it it was a kind of a boring movie, it didn't like confuse you more than another movie. And then you look at Genesis and you're like, okay, they're trying to do something pretty different, but it's also just a total mess. So it's kind of like pick your poison of these three movies. You gotta give them credit for at least. Do you like the knockoff? Do you like the boring but less confusing? Or do you like the more original but a total mess? So, you know, which which poison do you want? It's true. That's why I was torn because I remember the first thing that that just like visually stuck out to me with the previous film was just how monotone it was like visually, right? I wasn't a fan of any of the characters. Like it was a dry movie with uninteresting characters. Visually, it had like three colors. It was like black, (laughs) gray, and brown. And then this movie, like 10 seconds in, I was like, okay, somebody got fired from the previous one. And they clearly said, hey, we got to start from scratch because... This is easily the most colorful, uh, like from a visual standpoint, uh, Terminator film that we've seen throughout any of them. This is like super vivid. You know, we go through different time periods. It almost felt like an Avengers film. A lot of daylight, yeah. And then the characters are also a lot more fleshed out. So I think the challenge with this film and why I was so torn with it, I'm like, they fixed almost every single thing that I didn't like about Salvation. I, I really will say that. The problem is, it's like, you know, when you when you were like screwing in a nail and then you know it's set, but then you keep screwing, screwing it in, in nail, and you screwing it in a mean, screw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. It's, it's, well, yeah. You, you Handyman know what I mean. one you on know a what cast I mean. to the past. You know what I mean. You, you understand the point. Whenever that happens, 
if you keep going, you end up breaking the piece of wood or something, and then you got to throw the whole thing away. I think with this film, that's exactly what happened for me, which is that you got to a point where I felt like they fixed a lot of the problems. And then they said, hey, we should travel through time. And then, hey, everybody should freaking travel through time. And the first time I thought was good. But before we delve into that, Ryan, could you attempt, could you attempt to summarize Buddy, the plot I of wish the you film. all the best in the world on this <laughs> one. Send, send the positive vibes, Keith. Yeah. Ryan's going to oh need boy. it. Oh, boy. Here we go. I'm doing this completely off of memory. I don't have a wiki in front of me, so God help me. <laughs> um, when All right. So this movie opens up with showing the future, and you see John Connor and Kyle Reese, and they're doing this kind of final assault on Skynet. Um, one kind of thing of notes in contrast to Salvation, it looks like they kind of went back to the more traditional future look, the kind of how it looked in the movies, like the first two movies. Anyway, they get to like infiltrate Skynet and then they see like this time machine and then they're like, okay, we got to send someone back. So they send Kyle Reese back and he... Right as he's going back in time, he sees some tomfoolery going on with some weird cyber dude that I forget his name. Uh, but then as he's like going through his time travel stuff, he gets all these memories of not his childhood, but like a alternate childhood. Then the movie kind of opens up similar to the first Terminator movie. So it's trying to like set the stage that, okay, this is what you would expect Kyle Reese shows up where there's like a homeless dude in an alley and like same lightning effects and then you got the they start the movie the same as Terminator 1 yeah exactly they try to give you those nostalgia vibes and then once you see Arnold show up with those punk rocker dudes to steal their clothes all of a sudden dude gets blown up and other Terminator you know older Arnold shows up and then you got Sarah Connor eventually showing up, which is Daenerys but, from but Game of Thrones. Let's pause there for a yeah. second because <laughs> going I, I feel like there there's so many movies within this film. When you saw that, because I felt like this was my initial reaction is, oh, they're actually doing what Terminator 1 couldn't do visually. It's like the technology got there to where they could. I thought it was awesome. Like the first 30 minutes of this film... You know, it's like they're they're paying tribute. It's like you get it, right? It's like oh, Terminator's like there's the T eight hundred, there's Arnold, and then he actually doesn't look all that bad. And I thought they did a really good job. Before we get to everything else, what did you think about everything up until what Ryan mentioned just now? Yeah, I think they started off really strong with that stuff because it's cool that you they get to show you what they talk about at the beginning of Terminator 1 it's very much like a hey we have the technology to make this cool now so we're going to do it and it very much does try to hit those nostalgia vibes of here are the cool parts of Terminator young buff Arnold just beating the hell out of other Arnold like hey that's pretty cool that was badass then you've got the T-1000, which is, um, hey, that's Terminator 2. You can't have enough of that. And they're just on this nostalgia trip and recreating the opening scenes and what you love about the Terminator franchise. And then they take that car that they are driving and then they drive it right off a cliff and then go into whatever this movie becomes. It's very strange. Yeah, I mean, initially... When the other Arnold shows up to take out the, so like Pops, we'll call him, which is, uh, you know, um, Sarah Connor's buddy Terminator. So when he shows up to kill the other Arnold Terminator, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Like, we have some sort of wrinkle in the, you know, original Terminator timeline. But then even to me seeing like, T-1000 show up, I'm like, okay, what is going on now? Um, So, essentially, they, to go through the synopsis a little bit faster, they they take out those Terminators, and then basically on a hunch from Kyle Reese, they realize they have to go into, what is it, 2017, you said? Yeah, 2017. They wanted to, she wanted to go, Sarah wanted to go to 1997, And then there was that debate of which year do we go to? Yeah, somehow uh, of 
like Arnold, I don't know, Pops's knowledge or something. They're able to build that time machine. I forget how they do it. But anyway, she had everything but that last piece that she needed from a Terminator. They go to 2017 and they're trying to stop Genesis, which is now basically the, you know, because the timelines changed, that is the de facto Skynet now and they have to stop that. And then John Connor shows up and you're just like, that's kind of the moment that breaks everybody. I'm okay. pretty sure in this movie. Was I the only one that just like yelled out, why? My legit yeah. bodily reaction was just, why? You have, okay, yeah. okay, so just up until this point, just so everybody understands how stupidly stupid this movie is. You get it's a double <laughs> dose of stupid. Cal Reese goes from the future to the past and then back to the future but, but not, not the future but not as far that he came from. Yeah, but, but not present, to his present time because his present time is still twenty years in the future. Oh, oh. So yeah, we, anyway, we've hit. Yeah, we're we like got, twenty we minutes get, into the movie. We've hit three decades at this point. Yeah, we got terminator john connor in this movie and that's where i'm pretty sure everyone just kind of loses it and he basically ends up being the big bad for pretty much the rest of the movie you got jk simmons in here who randomly just knows everything like he knows what's going on yeah he was saved uh he was saved in 1984 yeah he just somehow remembers like instantly remembers stuff from like 30 years ago and is like completely like oh yeah those are the people like it's been on his mind the entire time uh, and then, yeah, they basically eventually stop John Connor and Kyle Reese doesn't die in the movie. It's pretty, that's kind of like the big thing. Whoa, he's not actually dead, but yep. So then what is it? Pops Kyle Reese and Daenerys ride off into the sunset and there's your movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> On a so, dragon called yeah. a truck. You try, man. You try it. And I'll give you, you know, okay. Keith I think Ray you did Ryan's, a pretty good uh, job then. I'll give him like a B plus. Yeah, B right? plus. He made sense of something that is pretty much senseless. That is true. <laughs> I think that the whole purpose of the movie is you kind of know what's going to happen with the exception of like the whole John Connor piece. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I feel like we can't talk about the movie without getting to the actual cast because I really had a hard time where Arnold is Arnold, right? So he's T-800. He is the character that you grew up with. But literally everybody else is recast because of like contractual disputes. The previous movie, it just like did not go all that great behind the scenes. So you have a and fresh hey, new cast. Much like Arnold, people get old, right? I mean, we go back to it in Dark Fate, but little tough casting Linda Hamilton as 1980 Sarah Connor at this yeah, point. Yeah, so at least that, yeah. one made, that one made more sense. So Sarah Connor's being played by Emilia Clark. Uh, obviously, people know her from Game of Thrones. Uh, Kyle Reese is being played by Jay Courtney, uh, is his name. Uh, John Connor is being played by Jason Clark, and we'll get to that in a second. And um, T-1000 is in this movie... But he's not being played by Robert Patrick, which should not annoy me, right? Because it's like it's the T one thousand. He can turn into whatever the hell he wants. But the fact that they always have him going back to like one specific character kind of annoy me because you're going back, like you're actually going back to the past, to the point where Robert Patrick was the actual Terminator, and having him be one character as opposed to like shape shifting between like you know two different guys yeah. one and woman don't or tell something me they like that got robert patrick i mean i feel like he would have done it yeah maybe he was just like let me look at the script oh hell no uh, he's done a lot he of bad movies the, though he did All right. the marine he That's should, true. like That's come true. on <laughs> i'll, I'll hashtag justify this where w they didn't go back in time to when terminator 2 happened so technically robert patrick wasn't around at that point or he was like 10 years old right <laughs> so they couldn't um they couldn't the t-1000 couldn't replicate him so they had to choose another cop well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's oh, true. That's because a good point. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're totally right. Damn it. Because it Damn went it, back wrong. to a yeah. different time. Yeah, you're right. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, that, cop, like... that cop was, it was like, what was it 1991, Robert Patrick, or 1993? Mm -hmm. Damn it. I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it, Keith, making all that logic. Okay, so. <laughs> it's the let's... one time thing we'll get right this entire podcast. Yeah, that, that's the yep. only thing. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Keith. So. Give me your impression on uh, Amelia Clark playing Sarah Connor because it's like she is the glue to not just this film, but like just all of the Terminator films. And 
I feel like recasting a character like her is just key. And then, you know, she's definitely a popular actress. Do you think that, did you buy her as Sarah Connor? Honestly, not really. And it's probably more of a me problem because I know her so prominently as Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. But when you think of Sarah Connor and especially her portrayal by Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor has this edge to her where she is a badass, where she's kind of got this like rugged, uh, womanly aura going on around her. And Amelia Clark did not have that at all, where it just didn't have that same edge that you expect from the Sarah Connor character, and that really took me out of it. And then, like, she never really got there in the same way that we expect Sarah Connor from the previous Terminator movies. So I wasn't honestly a big fan of that casting. I understand that it's like, hey, we're talking, what, 2015, 2014 right now? That is the, that is a big get at that point. So I understand the casting from that point. I don't think it was the best. I really don't even think it's a casting issue as much of just the the way her character was kind of portrayed and set up, I think it was kind of always destined to fail because, um, you know, obviously Linda Hamilton's performance was fantastic in both movies, but I think it was also the journey to her becoming a believable badass was, um, you know, told through two movies where, you know, the first one, she's more of like this helpless girl that's, um, you know, trying to get away, although she does eventually use that machine or whatever to kill that first Terminator. Um, and then obviously you see the scenes of her like in the mental institution in T2 and like becoming like this hardcore badass getting ready for the apocalypse. Like you, you see that journey, that growth that gets her to that believable character and in Terminator Genesis, it's very much just like modern cinema style of, hey, I'm here and I'm badass. And she was I'm way just, too clean. Just yeah, way yeah, too like, clean. Like, I'm just absolutely a badass because this is what badasses do. And we're just good at everything all the time. So, But the thing is, they could have used that to their advantage. Where if they did it right, which they didn't, yeah. they could have built, like, taken what they had already established in T1 and 2. And you would have filled in the blanks knowing those movies but it was just a miss from that respect mm -hmm. i totally. i agree i i think that just overall she was far too soft as a character and it's very hard even me that i didn't watch game of thrones but my wife did you know i heard you guys talk about it it's difficult to disassociate the character this is like a i forget we've reviewed some films where i love the fact that they cast kind of like an unknown character or actor or actress because it's like Oh, they're the, they're that character. Whereas there's always like that buy-in period for me with certain casts, uh, casting choices, especially when you're changing the character. It's it's another thing if if Emilia Clark was part of a brand new IP, it's like, "Hey, whatever, nobody doubts it." But the fact that you're casting Sarah Connor and then you have Daenerys and Sarah, two iconic characters, right? And then you're kind of doing that to me, uh I just didn't she didn't do a bad job. I thought that she did a perfectly acceptable job, but that was not good enough considering the character. Now, I would I mean, like there, to get... And, and like oh, also, you know, just kind of circling back is just the writing of the character wasn't as good, you know? No. I think she was she was way too vulnerable. I understand why they did, they, they did the whole Pops thing, which kind of goes into this, but I thought that weakened her character far too much. Like Sarah... We, we were accustomed to her being like a fairly dry character because of all the trauma she's gone through, right? It's like she's got to toughen up. Yet in this movie, I thought that she was way too defensive of the Terminator and then also just way too weak overall. And I just was not a big fan of that. Um, now, the other character we got to get to is Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese was played by uh, Jai Courtney. I know I've seen him somewhere else. I honestly don't recall right now. Does anybody else know? I can I can take a look. But uh, why do, why you take a look boy. at that? This is another character. I mean like Kyle Reese was another like dirty looking character, you know, it's like messy. I think that he th this was the best character in the movie, not saying a whole lot at least for me. Uh, what did you think of him, Keith? Yeah, I agree. I think that this portrayal of Kyle Reese really fit in with like previous Terminator movies. And it's such a weird thing now because by this point, 
this is the third portrayal of Kyle Reese in a movie because you had the original, then you had the kid teenager in Salvation, and this version, and they achieved the goal of making somebody that seemed like they would be the right-hand man of the leader of the resistance because establishing, again, taking what they've already established in the previous Terminator movies, you know that this guy has to be a pretty badass soldier for him to be chosen to go back in the, or go back in time and fulfill this mission. So they did a very good job establishing exactly why he needs to be there. Now, as the movie progresses, gets a little bit whiny, in my opinion, to a point where it kind of lost me a little bit, especially around the time that they do the big John Connor reveal. Like, I understand what they were trying to do with his character, but it was a little too complainy, in my it opinion. It was weird how they did that. Mm-hmm. And just like, out of nowhere, because, okay, people breaking news, Kyle Reese is totally the son of Sarah Connor and John Connor, but he doesn't know it. I just thought it was weird that no, we all know Kyle, John Connor is the son <laughs> of oh my God. Kyle okay. Reese and oh, yeah, Sarah okay. Connor. Yeah, so, sorry, I, I mixed it up. Mixed it up. So um, I don't, I don't know how you possibly could. It's not like it's. Hey, I, I talked about screwing in nails, man. <laughs> so you know what I mean, right? It's like so that happened. I just thought it was weird that we all know that, but they play into the movie like, oh, there's going to be a reveal. It's like, we we know. Yeah. We know this. Mm-hmm. Why are you building up to something it's that... It's always annoying when it's something everyone knows, but like they keep it from a character in a movie for a long time. Yeah, it's really stupid. He He's apparently a character in um, the, the actor. He... He was also in Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey and is going to be in the new Su- Suicide Squad. Uh, okay. George Harkness... Captain Boomerang, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I have okay. no idea. I've never seen those movies. So what do yeah, you think of him, Ryan, as a Kyrie squad? Um, I thought it was all right. Like you said, everything in this movie kind of follows suit of being like a like so clean and polished and it didn't have that same kind of grittiness to his character. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was okay. Um, and also, you know, looking at Arnold, it seems like his character just gets like less and less charming each movie. Um, I feel like, you know, oh, he's like old, but not obsolete was like the only thing he said, I feel like the entire movie. So, um, it's, yeah, I I felt like characters were all on the weak side. It didn't really feel like anyone had like a journey except for, I guess, Kyle Reese. But even then it's more just like figuring out what the heck was going on with his younger self. To uh, to kind of build on that Arnold point you just make, that really, uh, it sums up well my issues that I had with this movie. And it's very similar to the issues that I had with Terminator 3, where Terminator Genesis feels like a movie that tried to recreate the magic of Terminator 2, but just didn't fully understand what the magic is. And that's where it fails, because you have these small character development moments, or character development moments with uh, Arnold, where they kind of go back to the whole smile thing. They go back to that well too one too many times, but it just falls flat in comparison to something like T2. And same with the action, where the action is one of my favorite parts of those early movies and the reason why I love it because yes it's over the top but it's also something that you could like in a very extreme circumstance is believable where they don't really break the laws of like they don't break the laws of gravity Keith, and how machines Keith, are work you telling me that work? if helicopters are about to fall twice and they're just oh like my just a couple oh of feet away, God. they're just going to dramatically get back up there. Oh, Have you not yeah, seen the Fast yeah. Furious movies? Have you not that seen exact those? exact moment is when this movie lost me because really? that's when they're like, Was oh, that before John Connor showed up? <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't remember. I mean, I, I had my issues with that, but I was going to give it a chance. But the second that they took the action to be over the top and in like a... N- totally could not happen super unbelievable state that's when they lost the magic of a terminator movie for me very much the same way that it happened in t3 and yeah in my opinion the worst thing that happened to this movie was the fact it was a terminator movie it's a perfectly okay action film that just doesn't hang for those reasons this is a movie that wanted to 
like basically have its cake and eat it too and it ended up completely backfiring it where it's like they wanted ended up eating that cake and then vomiting all over (laughs) the place because they wanted right they want this is trying to be a reboot right and if you want to try and the easiest way to make sense of the timeline thing is to just look at this as like an alternate timeline, basically that somehow something happened and it changed the course. Which they of even kind history. of reference, like even yeah. the movie is self-aware in a couple of points. Like uh, I think Arnold is one of the characters, like the T T eight hundred, where he's open about uh, theoretically, and I realize what they meant by that. A couple of times throughout the film, they they say theoretically as a joke, but they almost like use a couple of things it's like hey just in case it's like i'm kind of opening it up to like a a margin of error just so people aren't complaining about it i'm like Mm -hmm. that's bullcrap that's yeah and they don't make good on it because they clearly state that the timeline has changed and the fact that there is a terminator that came back and like saved early sarah connor but they just decide to never make good on it and it just feels bad at the end of the movie Well, yeah, because what this movie wanted to do, as I said, was they wanted to reboot the franchise because, again, much like Salvation, I think this was supposed to have, it was supposed to be a trilogy and they wanted to reboot it, but they didn't want to completely start over. They wanted to get, they wanted to take bits and pieces from the other movies. They wanted this Sarah Connor to, it's basically like almost fourth wall breaking and like, okay, this is a new timeline, but Sarah Connor has watched like three Terminator movies. So she knows what's going on. That That's basically what this is. Pretty much. Sadly, and uh, I think one of the, the biggest challenges with this film is, as Keith mentioned, my favorite moment, especially with like Terminator 2, is just the dialogue between the characters. So we have Sarah Connor, we've already talked about her. We have Kyle Reese, and he's like, he's like, uh, he's the, the most enjoyable part of this film for me. But even like for those in the video version, you can, you can see my face of me like struggling to say that. And then we have John Connor, who is the savior. He is the epitome of this whole franchise. He is the savior. He is the warrior. I thought that this casting choice, I don't know who made this decision. Jason Clark, no offense, okay? You killed this movie for me. (laughs) Badly. Holy crap. Never, people. I've watched a lot of shitty films. There's no other way to put it. I watched a lot of shit, especially in this podcast with both of you. Never have I looked at a character and just went like, I I don't even feel indifferent about you. I dislike you. Even when the plot twist happens, I'm like, who gives a shit, man? I already didn't like you. It's like, I don't need more justification for that because... From the yeah, way I that- did have a hard time kind of buying him as John Connor at the beginning of the movie. I'm like, really? That's but he yeah, had. We cool go from star. Christian Bale Ooh. to this guy, and it's like you go back to back. Uh, Ryan, you said they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. I think that is something that needs to be stressed even more because we all have to understand that as Terminator fans, it's not like we have the Men in Black, you know, a thing where we can just like flash and boom, everything's forgotten. People know. Whether the producers like it or not, we we have watched Salvation. It is embedded into our <laughs> memories. Okay, that's there. So the fact that they were just like, hey, you know what we're going to change? Literally everything. Casting, uh, cinematography, pacing, uh, flow of editing, camera shots, like uh, color tones of the, of the film. Everything changed. But then it's like, in order for me to accept that, you need to justify it. And I thought that this is one of those films that, it depends so heavily on you recognizing and acknowledging the other ones. And look, I'm not saying that you need to explain what Terminators are in this film. I'm not saying you need to explain what Sarah Connor is. But the fact that the, the casting changed, you have to responsibly do something to get people to be like, okay, this is John Connor. Have like that that heroic moment, right? Usually when there's a casting change, the the new actor, and I'm thinking of like a, a, a War Machine and all that stuff on like the Marvel films they do some kind of badass scene. So it's like, okay, there we go. Like I bought into the new casting choice. John Connor goes from like super forgettable in this film to then he becomes the bad guy. And I'm like, why should I give a damn about him in the first place? And would you say that he killed the film for you? Because honestly, even before the the reveal, even before the turn, I had a problem with it. 
it felt like the most like boardroom decision possible where they were trying to come up with ways to like how can we differentiate from the other terminator films and they're like well what if john connor was the bad guy he's not the good guy anymore. what if he was skynet savior even down to the fact that they use that line in the movie of he's no longer humanity savior he's skynet savior and it's supposed to be some big ooh ah reveal moment that just landed flat because who cares because he turned into this weird like bootleg dollar store agent smith with his little suit and is trying to talk in like slow tones and hey let's talk about family and generations and living on and it just was like a giant wet fart on the on this movie not only that but it's like you also have to acknowledge the fact that john connor himself well terminator john connor also used a time machine so we have like three time machine traveling things happening in one movie and it, it just gets even more absurd and the fact that i mean why didn't they just lure him back to the hospital wait a minute wait a MRI minute machines i just realized maybe i'm just dumb and I, I just can't think of this how was he able to to travel through time because the whole thing is that he's part human part machine i mean that's how he's even destroyed like the whole concept of like using all of these devices that's why T-800 couldn't even travel. Like when when Sarah and Kyle went to 2017, for those that haven't watched the film, please don't. Just listen to this. Um, <laughs> Terminator T-800, like uh, Arnold or Pops, he actually waited through all that time because he couldn't travel because like his body would just not be able to, to withstand it. Like the fact that John was able to travel was not my problem. But it's like, wait a minute. Well, wasn't it a skin thing or something? Because he went back in time originally in the 70s to meet young Sarah Connor. Yeah, so right? I think it's mainly focused on the skin. But even then, I just thought that it was like a very cheap way to send somebody back in time to be like, psych, I'm, I'm the bad guy all of a sudden. And maybe it's just like a, a dumb oversight or something. But I think it's like... There's a level of convenience there that I, I felt a little bit uncomfortable with. And Ryan's doing his research. Ryan's got the, the research. T-1000 head. describes itself as neither machine nor human. Rather, is a hybrid nanotechnological cyborg. Oh, oh. such so bullshit. So the answer is David literally nanomachine, son. <laughs> yes. Uh, it it's a, such a bullcrap oh, way, we though. have this. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he's made out of this different material so that he can cover this plot hole. Oh, nanomachines, they ruin all of my favorite things. <laughs> they, they really do. So um, tell me, what's your favorite thing about this film, uh, both of you? Because I, I can actually bring up a lot of things that I genuinely enjoyed about it. It's just like mm -hmm. right afterwards, they kind of just were like, psych, it's really bad. Uh, what about you for Keitha? Anything worth pointing out that you enjoyed? This movie is very much like Spider-Man 3 to me, where I really, really enjoyed the first bit of that movie. And that's where, like, the high that was the beginning of that movie up until we get into the time travel stuff is what makes it better, like... This would probably be my third favorite Terminator movie just because of how good this movie starts and then it completely loses it. I will not deny that. But that time when they're back in the 80s and then it's Arnold fighting Arnold and then you're kind of like left going, well, what's happening here? And then the fight just ends with like a giant anti-tank rifle going through a Terminator. It was a very cool twist on something that was already awesome. And then they just lose the thread. But before they do that it's i think it's a lot of fun and it's worth checking out honestly but then maybe not so much later it's it's it it will hold your interest somewhat if you shut your brain off so i'll give it that um it, it yeah if you just completely try not to think while you watch it i think it's a serviceable popcorn movie to just if you get nothing better to do but i just hope you do have something better to do <laughs> but <laughs> It you know if you just want to watch a garbage movie and eat some popcorn you'll you'll get through it just fine no harm done but if you really try and think any more about it it's you know you you're just gonna go insane because it's it's really really stupid in what it tries to do with all the timey wimey stuff but 
you know, I give him credit for trying something a little bit different. But again, if you're going to reboot, I would just say go balls to the wall with the reboot. I, I think, like I said, they were trying to do um, too many things and they were kind of stuck in a tough position because, right, if you do the full reboot, right, does anyone really want to see the original Terminator just completely remade? Yes. Um, absolutely <laughs> really just like and even that even then it's like they kind of i feel like people touched have, on that yeah because I, I feel like a shot for shot remake or or even like sort of a uh, like a reimagining i think could have been good if they tried to take some liberties and do a little bit of a different yeah, direction maybe more of a reimagining than a remake but still but I, I yeah like i said i think people were kind of over the whole like people have seen Terminator enough times that if they just did a complete reboot, then that would have, I felt it would have felt like too redundant, I think. So that's why I said they tried to do like a reboot, but not really and try to do all this other stuff. And it's just a complete mess. But like you said, if you shut your brain off, it is probably, I'm kind of on board with Keith that I would probably still rather watch this than Terminator 3 because Terminator 3 is just a worse Terminator 2. This at least has some new territory. I think there are two scenes that you'd need to compare in this movie to really see like where they start and where they go wrong. And that is the two major like Terminator on Terminator fight scenes in the movie where you have that first one where it's Arnold versus Arnold. And it's very slow, very methodical, just two dudes that don't feel pain because their machines just punching the hell out of each other and shooting each other. It feels like a Terminator movie. Like when you talk about that reimagining of a Terminator, that's in my opinion, what it looks like where it's just this unstoppable killing machine methodically like chasing you and it's just you can't stop it you just need to run or figure out an extreme way to take it out like an anti-tank rifle you have that it felt great and then at the end of the movie you have the Arnold Schwarzenegger versus John Connor fight scene where they kind of take that feel of Terminator, throw it out the window and replace it with this like Terminator Dragon Ball Z BS where he's teleporting all over the place and like going through him and elbowing him and punching him and probably did a Kamehameha somewhere in there. It just felt like it lost the magic at that point. And that's really like what happened in that movie to get from that point to that other one at the end of it. Like it's just like, hey, we found a hey, dial hey, and we just kept didn't... cranking it up. Is this like the first Terminator? movie that didn't end at a factory though <laughs> like i mean it ended sort of, at a it ended it was at, at a, like a it was it, at it's, a, a, it's a similar theme it's a so mm-hmm. I, I think it fits the it, theme it felt very much uh like it they paid homage to the factory it wasn't exactly a factory but when they were in the server room like you if you just threw magma in there instead of computers and it was the foundry from t2 yeah i think that for me it's a it's it's a movie that I'm so split by. I may want to eventually watch it again, as as weird as it may seem, because visually it's one of my favorite Terminator films. I'm not talking about the storytelling, the characters, but I thought that the technology finally matched what they wanted to do. So what I saw, I'm like, sign me up for that. It's how they actually use that, right? It's like you can have the fanciest camera and it's gonna look good, but what you do with the camera, I thought that was the problem with this film, but. The way that they go through time, it's like when they were in 1984, I felt like they were in 1984. When they jumped to 2017, I'm like, okay, there are changes, and I appreciate that. I love the fact that they went through these different periods, and you got to see different versions of the T-800. The fact that we got the T-1000, and he looked good. Like, sure, Robert Patrick was not the one, and Keith made a really excellent point as to why that can be at the same time. But, I mean, even then, they could do something. But um, I thought that all of those key points were exceptionally well done. I would have loved to see, like, the 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 behind the scenes aspect of this film, I think would be far more interesting than even the film itself, because it's like, they had a lot to do. Like they messed up hard with the previous film, right? It's like, if you look the literally every single thing, even the music composer is different in this film. I don't think I've ever seen such a big iconic franchise just have 
a dramatic tonal shift. And it doesn't surprise me, you know, we still have one more Terminator film. And that last one, people are saying like, it's freaking awesome, but it bombed abysmally at the box office. And having seen these two films back to back, I'm like, I'm amazed they even did that. I'm amazed that after two, not not one failure, but after two films with crappy reviews and just logic being thrown out the window, are you surprised that they actually went and uh, produced uh, one, I'm not going to call it final because you never say never in these things, right? But we have a, a six Terminator film. Am I surprised? No, they're yeah. still making Star Wars movies. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Well, it's one of those things where, for some reason, Terminator, it only had, you know, it had the two good movies, but they feel like, like, man, if we, we'll, we're just going to get it right this time and we'll, we'll finally like hit our stride. And the problem is that it's too dependent on Arnold, right? I mean, think about this movie. Think about why they had Arnold be Pops, why he was older, because they had to have some sort of canonical explanation as to why Arnold's an old bastard in this movie and he's not <laughs> looking like young sexy naked Arnold of the past right because he's old so they had it's like all right sh- shit let's just say he was sent back in the 70s but at the so same that time he can look old salvation you know? says hi here's big well, sexy yeah, Arnold <laughs> see that was done in a way that like, okay, it's only basically like a cameo and it was obviously like digitally done like they did with um, this other Arnold in Genesis. But when he's going to be in the whole movie, it's a little distracting if you got him, if they try to like Grand Moff Tarkin him through the whole thing and it just doesn't look right, you know? So I, I feel like they had to, even that, like they had to further complicate it just to justify why Arnold looked old in this movie. Um, but it's too, I think the franchise is too dependent on Arnold. We got one more movie to go. And again, it's going to have old Arnold in it. So uh, at least it takes place post T2 that I know of. And it makes sense why he's old. But yeah, here we go. Uh, so Genesis, I think Genesis though, this is as confusing as it gets with the Terminator timeline. Because I think this next one just says, screw all these other movies. <laughs> Okay, so they mm-hmm. they completely throw out Genesis I'm by sure Dark Fate. Dark for Dark Fate, they throw out everything but the first two. Like every, yeah, so even T three doesn't count. The, the anymore. thing is, it's like um, it's like the Marvel films, and and I understand why a lot of series and films and even comic books do this because when you introduce alternate universe, you can all you can justify anything like. It would make sense that Dark Fate continues down a certain path because that's like that's one timeline that doesn't affect uh, this one. But the one thing that I thought was fascinating about this film, and I think the fact that none of us had brought it up for more than 30 seconds is a testament to how much of a failure it is. The film is called Terminator Genesis. The name implies the whole thing that is happening. The whole premise of this film is a Skynet is going to take over the world, and they're doing so with this app called Genesis, which I actually thought when the kid was opening it up in the film, legit, I thought it was going to be like a Sega Genesis or something, because like, I didn't know it was a stupid <laughs> no, app or something. Why? So you yeah. knew it was different. But what happened was that it's not the tablet, it's this special app that is connected to just everything, and people are obsessed with it. And once they kind of introduced that, it kind of becomes an afterthought. And I just saw like the the name of the film. You were naming this movie after the, the plot device. And the plot device never to me felt like a priority. It just felt like Skynet. But then why even yeah. bother trying to... No, I'm, I'm I don't glad know. they didn't. Yeah, like I see they were trying to like do a little bit of like commentary on like, oh, all the connected world and the dangers of the connected, you know, the app and the everything integrated. But I'm glad they didn't lean into that too hard because then it it would have just failed. So because you're fact, also forgetting they lean yeah. into it pretty hard at the end to the point where they literally have a child man grow in a computer. Oh yeah, and that was like it was it was stupid how they just kept shooting the the stupid the damn cameras. I'm like, they how shot many cameras like, do you need for yeah, one room? I did, they shot it like ten times. I'm like, okay, we get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they leaned in it a little hard at the end, but it wasn't like this this whole thread that they 
were following through the whole movie. So it, it didn't, it wasn't that disruptive. And it's like, honestly, it's like they, it's called Genesis because it was supposed to be the reboot of like a new trilogy. And that's why it's called Genesis. And then I'm sure it was just like an afterthought to then name the program Genesis, just so there's like that connection there. But it's really called Genesis because it's supposed to be movie one of the next thing. It would have been much better if, and when the countdown hit, Vector Man came up and, you know, everyone was playing video games. But instead, uh, it's just a, a stupid app on an iPad. I would have rather seen the genesis of McGillicuddy again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bring wow. it back. <laughs> Bring it back. Uh, I would love to eventually review the X-Men films because I thought about this after I watched this one, which is X-Men had a similar problem after three, right? The last stand, people just like... Ooh, people just freaking hated that thing. And then they actually fixed it. And then they broke it again. But they fixed it during the time <laughs> that they actually did. And they did some somewhat similar things because you're talking about timelines and all that. And I think that's just the way that they do it. But I bring this up just so people know. It's like, there is a way that you can do this and it works. I just think that they How to save a to, franchise. Exactly. How to save a franchise. Fast Five. There you go. Ooh, you know, that, see, man, there's, there's ooh, other things out there. Man, and fr Fast will be like the definition of a series evolving because you compare that first film to like the yeah. last one. It's like, what the hell? This is even the same thing. Right? Yeah, they've gone from car movie to superhero movie at this point. We'll see. I, I, I tell you what, um, you know, I didn't see Tokyo. A lot of people were like, oh, Tokyo Drift was the lowest point of the franchise and all that stuff. But I tell you what. I watched Tokyo Drift after like Fast 7 came out and after watching, by the time you finish Fast 8, you're begging for a movie like Tokyo Drift because it's, it's, just got, it's gotten so damn absurd that it's you're like, oh my cleanser. God, it's actually <laughs> nice that this movie's about racing again. Oh, it, it was it was way too much. And uh, I want to quickly bring up. <laughs> oh my God. Just, just to like, just to, just to change this. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I'd, whenever somebody what? says Fast 7, I think about that scene when Vin Diesel was like, the thing about a street fight <laughs> is oh. the street always wins, and then just ground pounds a parking garage <laughs> oh, so dumb. and makes it collapse. Oh, I love it so much. God, the Fast movies are so good. So bad, oh. yet so good. So something I want to bring up quickly here are some uh, facts. This comes to us from Hype.my. And just one that I thought was interesting is that by the time this film was already being produced, they were in the works with uh, two different sequels because uh, it, it says here, before Genesis was even released, Paramount already greenlit two sequels to the film. The first will be released on July 15th, while the second and third installments of the rebooted trilogy will open on May 2017 and 2018, respectively. We know that didn't happen. So it's like we're, I'm reading something like this was the plan. Because once again, Genesis 2015, Dark Fate 2019. What's interesting here is it points out all film rights to the Terminator franchise will revert back to James Cameron by the, by the year 2019, which is the year the Dark Fate came out. It was rumored that the following film will be uh, Schwarzenegger's last appearance as the Terminator. <laughs> that's just that's just funny that last yeah. part there. But what what do you think of that? It's like I I am curious. 2019 Dark Fate 2019 positive review for that one, shitty review for this one. It, it's almost like the difference. You know, even before we hit record, you pointed out Ryan that James Cameron supposedly gave his blessing for for this film. Not much was blessed about it, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag bless this mess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, we were joking that, you know, they were like, they, they begged him to to endorse this movie. Um, but See, yeah, I mean, good. it seems like, and if I'm not mistaken, right, uh, Dark Fate, James Cameron was involved in that. So with kind of the franchise coming back to him. But yeah, it's interesting that both Salvation and Genesis both were there to try and kick off a trilogy and both completely failed. But we got one more to cover to to round out the year. And and as you said, Juan, I just popped up uh, Rotten Tomatoes and it, there's hope. There's hope here. Tomato meter, 70%. Audience score, 82%. 
That's that's hmm. that's pretty good. Considering this movie had like a sixteen, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So uh, I think just to get everybody acclimated, uh, anybody that's listening to this podcast, I do think we should all do our, our homework and check out Dark Fate, and so that way when we can when we talk about it on the podcast, everybody else can can uh, give us their impressions on on Twitter, cast of the past. I am going to bring up just because it's like it's so rare that we'll have the situation where just like the production changes so much. So with Genesis, the director was Alan Taylor here for Dark Fate. It's Tim Miller. Uh, The producer for Dark Fate is officially James Cameron, and he's also the lead story writer uh, for the film. So not surprising, you know, that that is right there happening so i would love for everybody watching and listening please uh, give us your impressions about terminator genesis if there's like a takeaway for for both of you um number one would be yes or no to watching this film like bad or good is like is it worth watching for what it is let's go with that first i would say only if you are if if you watched you know the first if you watched the other Terminator movies, let's just say, even if you if you watch the first two Terminator movies and you love them so much that you just need more Terminator, then yes, I would say it's watch Genesis. But to anyone who just enjoyed the first two and kind of that's where it ends, do not bother. You really don't need to see this movie. Yeah, I totally agree where... Dark Fate pending, I would say that this is the third best Terminator movie. Now, my opinion might change after we watch Dark Fate, but but the gap between this and Terminator, which is my second favorite one, is so significant that just because it's the next best one doesn't mean it's anywhere close to how good those two are. So, like Ryan said, if you're just jonesing for more terminator then yeah check this out have a good time with it turn your brain off it's better than the other two that you could watch if you're jonesing for more terminator should we conclude the franchise with a terminator movie tier list where it's just like (laughs) wow we we may have to we may have to like s tier and you got like two movies in a and s and then everything else is just like an f F, yeah Uh, man uh, for me i could do that right now with just like leave a (laughs) slot for dark fate we haven't watched dark fate it's already like a at least yeah i would just like to personally thank james cameron for actually getting involved with another terminator movie taking a break from making his stupid avatar movies that nobody cares about and actually (laughs) working on something that people do care about (laughs) wow Wow. (laughs) there's like there was like a personal element to that right listen yeah did did avatar hurt you does anyone really need to see another avatar movie no i didn't give a damn about the first one been jonesing for more Avatar since 2008. Even then, I didn't like it. Yeah. I, I still was like, haven't hey, seen it. Hey, it looks Avatar. nice. Right. Yeah. It was worth seeing once for the 3D visuals, but then that just completely. Then we had 10 years of garbage 3D movies in the theaters just because of that one movie. So. I, uh, I hear Flight of Passage is pretty good at Disneyland slash World. That's true. I also heard it was like a 20 hour wait. Like before Hell the pandemic. No. Yeah, I mean, before. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. T- times have changed a little bit, at least for me with this film. Man, I- I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to like ask myself again this later, but I can't call this. It is a it is a mess of a story, but I can't call this like a bad film, like a terrible film. It's like the story is just like overtakes everything else. So I do think it's worth watching because it's just fascinating to be like, okay, let's see what you got to do with this. Like, how do you mix, how do you fix what Salvation did, right? How do you change the cast? So all things considered, I do think it's worth watching. When Keith mentioned it's his first, his number three, even though like I agree, it's all right. It's like one, two, and then all the way down there, it's like the, the third place. I'm not sure where this still stands uh, with me. So Ryan, before we get to Dark Fate, where mm-hmm. does this one rank between all the uh, Termi films? Termi. All the Termi films, man. We've done five yeah. of these, man. There's like a personal... Yeah, see, it, it, like you said, it is interesting that... I guess I would put... The, I would also put this maybe at number three because... 
uh rise of the machines just doesn't it's not like it doesn't break any new ground it's just nothing new at all so if i was to say what's the third terminator film you should watch i i would also say it was genesis uh, i'm really begging for dark fate to change my mind here but <laughs> um you know as as it stands with yeah, the, the real answer know, to that and sorry to keep cutting you off but okay. the real answer to that is if you're gonna watch three terminator films watch t2 terminator and then t2 again <laughs> yeah pretty much but it's like yeah why watch rise of the machine when you could just watch t2 again so um yeah i guess i would put this as uh number three save us dark fate save us so just from from this dark fate our number three uh what the hell's terminator woman from 1993 i don't know i just have rotten tomatoes here on on screen so uh, Terminator 1 has, has uh, at 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. There were fewer reviews back then, right? Uh, Terminator 2 is at 93. Terminator 3 is at 69. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Salvation is at 33. So I do love that collectively we can all agree that our number three favorite, and even favorite, it's like, I can't even call it favorite. It's like number three Terminator film is the lowest reviewed in franchise history. Just want to say that's an interesting thing. Everybody, let us know what you think. Yeah, see, the thing to keep in mind here is like, yeah, it's like a a 20, was it 27% Genesis has on Rotten Tomatoes is we're, we're kind of looking at it through a lens like a couple years later, whereas like these reviews are as the movie comes out. So like post Terminator 2, people were really Jones and there hadn't been a bad Terminator movie yet. So I think people were a little bit more generous to Rise of the Machines, whereas by the time Genesis came out, people were over this shit, right? And because it was a jumbled mess, they were definitely less generous to it. But if you're looking like taking that step back nowadays, you're kind of like, well, Rise of the Machines is kind of pointless, whereas Genesis, in this context, is at least trying something new. So, we're, I think we're, we're kind of more, we're giving it uh, more, you know, we're more charitable towards it. Man, uh, I'm just looking up more information. So, this is going to the, the the end of the episode. I know I keep looking up information, but damn it, this is just like fascinating. So, Genesis... Uh, the cost for the film was approximately between 155 to 158 million. Okay, so that is how much it cost. It made 440 million. So it, it you rounded up, it like doubled what it cost to make. Okay, so that was Genesis. When we go to Dark Fate, oh boy, Dark Fate cost between 185 to 196. How much do you guys think Dark Fate made? It cost between 185 and 186. Say 60 million. <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's go around. I don't think it made its money back. Okay, so it made its money back, but just scratching and clawing at 260. So rounded up and made 60 million, which for the cost of the film, I mean, that was still like abysmal, right? And it's going to be an interesting thing once we do talk about this film towards the end of the year. How much damage did Genesis do that by the time Dark Fate came out, there was a whole lot of word of mouth. Like, I remember when Dark Fate came out, people were talking about it like, please watch the damn film. The movie theaters are empty and not because of a pandemic at that point. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was on a, a movie streak during this time because I had the the movie pass thing and I was... Um I was seeing a ton of movies during this time and I saw a trailer for Dark Fate like every single time I went to the movies and by the you know I was I was really sick of the trailer by the, by the end there uh didn't end up seeing it partly because this was also um I knew I kind of I think we knew at this point we were going to cover the franchise so I kind of wanted to wait on this so, movie so we're kind of waiting so, so we yeah. are the problem right yeah we're part of the problem <laughs> they they yeah they didn't make like $30 because of us or probably like 45 at this point it's damn expensive I remember but, uh, that there was yeah. a Gears of War event where you could play a Sarah Connor in horde mode and I hated it and I never saw the movie because <laughs> yeah. of it Wow. And having said that, everybody, two things that are podcast related specifically. Uh, thank you, because we just uh, surpassed uh, 7,000 listeners, right? Correctly, Keith, on the uh, podcast apps. That is correct. That is correct. And not just that, people. It's, it's just one of those things that when you podcast, kind of time kind of just keeps on going. So as of this recording, uh, it has been two years since we published the pilot episode of the podcast. So over 7,000 listeners in the past uh, two years. 
we have the YouTube channel. The the overwhelming majority of you are on the podcast apps. And I think it makes a lot of sense, right? Like usually when I say when you're on the go, but now maybe you're at home, you're cooking, you're working at home, you're listening to Keith. Keith keeps you company. Keith makes you happy. That's what ha- that's keep what's you, happening. So well, yeah, over, over seven thousand listens on you know on the road on the on the podcast app. We just passed uh, over three hundred subscribers on YouTube, and uh, you know lifetime total. I think over thirty two thousand views on YouTube. So thank you everyone seriously for all the support, and w- you know we love doing this. We love covering. Uh, series, trilogies, things like that. So I, I think our goal is to con- continue to cover at least one movie series slash trilogy, whatever you want to call it, um, a year. So we'll we'll you know if you guys have suggestions for what we should cover heading into to twenty twenty one, we still got Dark Fate to cover for Terminator, but um, we're definitely open to suggestions for other movie series to cover. Uh, down the line, as well as other, you know, one-off movies as well. So always open to suggestions. Juan plugged the Discord earlier. That's the best place to do that. We've taken many suggestions and made episodes because of it. So definitely reach out and uh, continue the conversation there. Yeah. The other good way is just uh, send us an email, a cast of the past at gmail.com. Uh, also on Twitter and Facebook, at Cash to the Past, we post uh, some clips there. It's mostly just like a chill there. I uh, want to give a shout out to you, Ryan, because you opened up a YouTube channel called Gaming uh, Game Essays. Uh, so you have two videos up there uh, where you talk about uh, Zelda 2, like how to enjoy Zelda 2, talking about Banjo and the hub world. We all have like the Instagram stuff. I think that with uh, 2021, it's going to be uh, fascinating to see what the hell the world looks like. But I think it's just cool that, you know, we have this growing community on on the Discord and all that. And, you know, I wanted to make sure, you know, because then we have the two-man episodes, but it's not nearly as cool as if I bring this up now when the three of us are here. So, sincerely, thank you, everybody. Uh, We enjoy working on these, whether a movie is good or bad. It's like the conversation, right? It's like the fact that it's, you know, we said it in like one of the first five episodes. It's it's the perfect excuse for the, the two of us or three of us to just sit down and it's like if a movie is bad we get to talk about it if a movie's good we also get to talk about it and you know very soon we're going to be talking about some of ryan's favorite games uh let's see what happens next year so when ryan says suggest away i can't stress that enough because like we are thinking about that right now it's like hey you know 2021 what did we not talk about this year that maybe we'll go over there so We'll be uh, finding out on another exciting episode of a cast to the past. Okay, which past are we talking about, though? 97, 84, 89? Um, Well, it started in 1990, and then we time-traveled to 2047, but... See, then I sent myself back to 1979, so I'm Pops now. Which Keith is this? Is this the asshole Keith, or is this like... Uh, charity this is Keith, T3, like, this is T3000 uh, cyborg. What about Keith he can travel through time. This is yeah, T3000. See, I accidentally sent the K3000's left arm to 1943, <laughs> but the, oh. less, the rest of it was stuck in 1873. I would have rather so. Keith played John Connor, honestly. Man, Keith, though. Probably would have been better. <laughs> it it would have been a spoiler because, like, you watch Keith on screen, it's like, okay, he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. It's happening. <laughs>